Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back. Another week, another round of episodes from the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. This week, special guest, friend of the pod, uh, Mike Ryan Ruiz, happy to have you back. Unfortunately, last time we recorded with you, we actually didn't record, so uh, already off to a better start today. Yeah, this is my second cap of the 2020 season, but the first official cap, so I'm, I'm really uh, hoping that this one makes it to air because the episode, the Lost Tapes, it, it was a mighty good episode if I do say so myself. We voided that part of the season, Mike. I, I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> We were going to record our our next scheduled appearance view was going to be after the second leg of Bayern Munich in the Champions League. So it was like we had it all set. We were set months in advance and then yeah, all went down the drain, but uh, not all is lost. Uh, this today, uh, great timing for us because while this was coming out on a Monday, we're actually recording the previous week and it was just announced that Willie Caballero and Olivier Giroud they have extended one-year contracts with the club, which at first, Dan, this is a little weird because the Giroux contract has essentially been reported and assumed was done. They were just waiting to decide when to announce it. And then they just nonchalantly dropped both of these today. Well, you know, things come in, uh, good things come in pairs. And so why not announce both Willie Caballero, you're in good hands, the Allstate man, and Olivier Giroux, who somehow has the best fade still in existence from the photos rolling into Cobham and the Ferrari, Mike. Like, 
Perfect, perfect timing. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm very happy about having Olivier Giroud back with the the club. And obviously, just before the suspension of play, it looked as though he was uh, delivering for the club in ways that they desperately needed, that veteran presence. The answer was there all along. He obviously wanted to improve his playing time situation. Chelsea actually end up looking out. That deal falls apart. And they have an answer to many of their problems. And Chelsea actually end up playing well, really on the shoulders of Giroud, helping them out um, as they lead up into the stoppage of play. The Willie Caballero thing was a little bit of a surprise, but I guess Frank Lampard knew what he was doing with the whole Kepa jerking around thing because apparently the goalkeeper of the future is on the roster as Willie Caballero is coming back. Goalkeeper of the future. There it is. (laughs) 38 years old. Nick, let's start with Giroud. So, obviously, he had an option in his contract for another year. Chelsea took him up on that. Again, this with both these deals, it seems like just smart, safe business. Not a lot of concern over it. Again, this could be, in, in a more of a cynical world, just locking them up. So, if they do then sell them once the dust has settled, obviously, they can get more out of them. But to the, the point of Olivier Giroud, uh, he's 33 years old. Uh, birthday is in September, so it'll be 34 assuming a semi-traditional calendar is held. Uh, obviously, World Cup winner. Um, you know, in, in the Premier League, he's got... He definitely was a tale of two halves. Didn't really play up until December. Uh, and then lit it on fire a little bit. So, again, I think Frank talked a lot about, you know, just the experience that Giroud does bring to the team. Uh, we've seen Azard call him the best striker to play with because of... Literally, Giroud's a wall for him. Azard would pass into Giroud. He would get it back and do his thing. Uh, obviously you guys have a beard game connection, but putting that aside, your biasness, uh, I guess what is one more year of Giroud in this climate mean to you? Uh, it means that Mishi Batuai is not going to be here probably <laughs> more than anything. Uh, nor Dries Mertens. Nor, Thank nor Dries Mertens. Um, there's a slight height difference between Mertens and Giroud, just a small one. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I'm very excited about Giroud like I, I think he's been more than adequate in the role that he's been played in you know kind of as a super sub or as a, a guy who can spell the starting striker um, whether that was at the time Murata or it was you know kind of looking at Tammy this year it's clear to me that he still brings something to this team I think his hold-up play is still the best on the team although we saw Tammy improve throughout the year on that I think his ability to, uh, when Chelsea have elected to go long and kind of root one football this year, he's the perfect option to have up there because he can get on the end of them, uh, on the end of the long balls from, let's just say, Willie Caballero and uh, play people in that way, which is something that Tammy doesn't quite have in his locker yet. Um, and he started scoring goals again, which was great. Um, you know, I, I think we looked at him a lot last year in the Europa League as like, you know, kind of our leading goal scorer and maybe our best player in that competition, to be fair. Europe's but, best striker at the time. Thank you very Europe, much. Europe's best striker, Olivier Giroud. But yeah, I, I just, I think we've talked about his attitude, Mike, and being able to be ready after not being called on for so long and how tough that is as a professional. But this was an area that we said that Frank Lampard, midway through the season, basically admitted that he was wrong. And now this is a huge admittance that this is a guy that can help carry the team forward for a year. It's funny that as we see more and more youth finally crack the first team with Chelsea, they continue to go back on a previous sort of edict, which is handing out these extensions to players north of 
30, 31, 32. They did it with David Luiz, and we were all surprised. And then a couple weeks later, David Luiz leaves. So, but maybe that's here to say now with Willie Caballero and Olivier Giroud happening simultaneously. Olivier Giroud, absolute professional the way he's carried himself this season. He wanted to play. Look, this heading into um, the Euros of this summer, that might have been his last chance with the national team. You can't fault the guy for wanting to, to round himself into form as he maybe puts on that national team shirt for, for the last time. I don't fault him for that. Credit to him for coming back to Chelsea, not really holding any grudges, and proving Frank um, uh, right to trust him to come back. And maybe Frank a little bit wrong to not trust him quick enough. Uh, he was unlocking teams um, with his play. He's crafty. His hold-up play, as you mentioned, uh, it, was, it was so severely lacking uh, at times when Tammy wasn't, you know, scorching red hot like he was earlier in that season. Michi Batshuayi just wasn't getting the job done. It's a different skill set. I like being able to have, even if he's your third striker, to have a striker with that specific skill set, I think is invaluable, Dan. Yeah, he definitely brings a lot to the table in terms of just the professionalism. And then also, you know, look, I mean, so he's uh, made 39 starts, 37, uh, 37 sub appearances, scored 21 goals for the team. Obviously, a lot of those were in the Europa League campaign last season, and we all remember the thank you, Arsenal, holding the trophy uh, as he heads on to the bus, which was uh, was quite wonderful. So, Glorious. I mean, he's, uh, he, he's done the right thing. You know, he left Arsenal. He left a worse club, came to Chelsea, and just like many other people who have done so, the Ashley Coles of the world, the Cesc Fabregas of the world, came to Chelsea and, uh, you know, got a chance to, you know, win. And so now that he's developed that winning mentality, he's got the taste for it, Brandon. He's going to want to keep on doing it. And, you know, probably in some capacity, actually, Chelsea are equipped through where we're heading right now, uh, maybe not necessarily in the league, prospectively, but like in cup competitions, um, you know, FA Cup, or maybe in the league next season, uh, are poised to potentially add to his uh, his trophy cabinet, too. Yeah, and it is look back, look, he, he only had two goals, in, in this end of the season. One was massive against Tottenham, our first one, which we went on to win 2-1. Uh, then the last one was actually last time we played against Everton as we thumped them. So again, I, I think that we talk about, we, we just know what we get from Olivier Giroud, and I think that's what's nice. And as a manager, you have to like. When you put him on, you know what you're going to get. He's going to combine. He's going to lay off. He can occupy center backs. Uh, he's not the most prolific goal scorer, but when he's on, we'll create chances, whether it's him or someone else. And I think, um, he, you know, especially where we're at right now with Tammy being inconsistent, his highs are really high, and then maybe he'll come down a little bit, and that's okay because he's young and developing. Again, having Giroud a six and a half, seven every single week, it, it just it just helps and it keeps the squad settled. So, again, I think that the best part about him is you know what you're going to get. And again, as a manager, we've heard Mourinho and all these other managers say it, they would rely on the players. Uh, you know, who showed up and were consistent um, even when maybe they weren't the right choice because that's who they put their trust in. It's also really quick. It's also, for Frank, a legitimate rotation option. Like he kind of, you know, Tammy ran himself into the ground and got hurt a bunch, right? And the and so, advertising boards and a post and... <laughs> <laughs> Some, yeah, inanimate objects on the field for sure. But um, but it's... It's really important, you know, for a young guy like Tammy to not pick, you know, not pick up the Ruben Loftus cheek steady injury pattern, right? Uh, I hope that Tammy gets back to full strength, but hopefully a little bit more rotation, keeping legs fresh, is is a good thing. And I think Sharu uh, is definitely an option there. 
All right. World Cup winner Olivier Giroud, one more year. Uh, excited for that. Uh, the next contract that was announced, uh, Willy Caballero, stay for another year. Uh, is It was a little interesting. I think, um, obviously, the goalkeeping situation, I think, pre-COVID was a big point for Lampard. Post-COVID, I feel like the club probably are like, well... That seven-year contract is actually going to be a lot harder to do something with, even two years in, than what it was before. So Dan, they decided to bring Willie Caballero back. He's 38. Again, you can only get away with it in the goalkeeping position, really, right now. He's not playing every single week. Um, let's see, he had, what, nine appearances this season so far. Hasn't scored any goals, which is concerning. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but overall, Lampard Asshole. still had a ton to say about Willie Caballero. Probably, honestly, more than Olivier Giroud. Well, I mean, look, he called upon Willie. He, he picked his number in a tough spot. And Willie rose to the occasion, came in, you know, had five consecutive starts in a row, uh, nine appearances for the season, uh, the the home victory over Spurs. He was between the sticks. So, you know, his his number got called and he responded. And I think that's the, the value of, of veteran leadership. We have a lot of uncertainty, Mike, about what's going to happen from movement or you know how many players are going to be able to sign heading into the uh, summer and you know, or whatever the summer window is. And so just having one more position secured, even if you were hoping that this was a position where maybe we'd upgrade, bring in some competition to really even continue to push Kepa further, it's maybe going to allow us to address a, a larger area of need, uh, maybe that like left, that left back position, maybe from a... Uh, you know, a winger position or a midfielder we're looking for. It, it just seems smart and prudent, uh, even though someone might, you know, might have been hoping for a flashier kind of uh, backup signing. Yeah, I, I get the people wanting something flashier. To me, Willie Caballero's uh, been a professional his entire time throughout Chelsea. Um, pretty, pretty dependable when called upon. Obviously, you mentioned put in a difficult position this year, and I think ultimately his job was to get Kepa motivated to get back into that first team. And we saw Kepa sort of rise to the occasion just before play stopped. So Willie Caballero being a good teammate there, to me, it sort of screams, we don't really know what the transfer market's going to look like, what this whole registering new players world is going to look like uh, as we work through um, this pandemic. So might as well keep the dependable, sturdy, professional backup. Probably not the right summer to address that. Um, this offseason, we have the proven commodity, and he's earned himself that contract. I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, while all this stuff was happening with the goalkeepers this year, Bolka, I know, was a player that was really impressing a lot of people during preseasons. I wish he got a shot. Maybe in retrospect, with hindsight, given what happened with Kepa this year, maybe that's a move that, that you live to, uh, to regret a little bit, but the situation is what it is, and Caballero's fine for a backup goalkeeper. We see several veteran backup goalkeepers in the Premier League and Caballeros in that upper echelon of backups. God, I hope we have a, a buyback on Bolka. That would be huge. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think both both these signings, by the way, we were talking about the pandemic and the financial situation and all those implications, right? I think that's a huge part of this is it's kind of, you know, for lack of a better phrase, the W you know rather than the one you don't, right? Um, neither one of these guys are on on massive wages, so it's not like you're re-signing someone at 300 a week. Um, and they're proven commodities, right? We, you know, Willie's 
started in the Premier League for a long time. I mean, he's 38 years old, so he's been around a while. Um, and he's someone that, you know, Brandon, from a goalkeeper's perspective, I, I need you to kind of chime in here because if Kepa struggles to be motivated for the second, third, fourth year in a row, like, obviously that's a situation that will have to be resolved. But do you think that Willie has a chance if and when play resumes to be the number one? I don't know. Because, I mean, he se- Willie still seems like he has the fire and the competitive edge. Um, and I think that's important. I love um, Rob Green. I don't think we saw that from him when he was at Chelsea. <laughs> I think he was totally fine being the bullpen catcher and was like, I, you know what, maybe you don't need me for warm-ups today. I'm just going to be back here. So I do think that it is, it is good to see that Willie Caballero is engaged and, and still seems like he has the fire in him. Um, because when you build a roster, the third spot goalkeeping, you really want to you you know use that for a young English player to boost your homegrown player status. And so, if you're gonna re-sign Willie, to me that means you're not gonna bring anyone else in to compete with Keppa. So that's our core. We're back to the Keppa Keppa Willie show again next season. Um, and I think it'd be interesting. You talk about Keppa not being motivated. I think the club kind of. When you give a player a seven-year contract and that much money, kind of gives them some complacency. Like, what are you going to do? Sell me? You can't. So maybe I'm not going to try as hard. Frank was like, I'm not having it. Put in Willie. Willie did a good job. So look, Caballero, guys, he's from Argentina. Clearly, he loves dancing because he'll come flying out of his box in no man's land doing things that none of us can imagine. He still has that in him. Okay, and so he's not great at crosses. Like he has li- limited skill sets, but again, he brings experience, and he did compete with Keppa last year, and it had a net positive. So uh, again, I think the club are just making f- safe moves financially, and then from a playing squad, like did either of these moves really increase, you know, kind of or, or, or make the team better? No, but they definitely didn't hurt us. And in this climate right now, that's a good move. No one's looking to make power Sancho moves right now. So uh, I just kind of take it with with that type of lens versus, no, like Caballero doesn't really excite me, but I can understand the pragmatism behind it, and, and that's okay. Yeah, the youth, the youth's not going away. Mm-hmm. The yeah. youth is going to continue to grow. The academy's always going to be there. And these players, look, they're, they're filling roles right now. Another season's going to go by. They're going to be longer in the tooth. They're going to settle in. They're, they're probably going to fall out of favor in terms of rotational status. That's, that's part of the gig. I think they know what they're signing up for. I think the professionalism is being rewarded here. And like I said on the top when we started discussing Willie Caballero, this seems to me as a, as a COVID move. And I think given the circumstances, no one can really feel strongly against either of these two moves. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk about the youth coming in. You know, what if this creates a pathway for like uh, Armando Broja potentially to come in and be uh, a top tier striker for us? What if it gives a pathway to someone like Jamie Cumming in the future uh, or uh, ba- you know, Baxter, some of the other youth goalkeepers that we have either on loan or in our academy? Like, th- this is what you want a you know, a veteran signing to do for you is either buy time to reevaluate the talent that you have in house or help you understand that you need to go outside of your own institution and acquire the talent that just doesn't exist in your building. 
So nice long-winded plug to go listen to our Chelsea Youth Series that we did uh, because that was fantastic with Phil. All right, well, as all of you do know, Chelsea resumed training last Monday in small groups. Uh, the club, nice enough to provide photo evidence of that. And not only that, did we get evidence that there was training. Holy shit, did we see some wild haircuts coming back. Jorginho <laughs> clearly has been living in a rainforest, surviving on the board of Jumanji. Um, <laughs> and Golo Kante has hair, which is... Awkward, just like Sadio Mane, seeing both of those people with hair. Um, I mean, the only good thing that we got out of this, Nick, was that Chelsea are back. I mean, that that's where it stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a nice socially distanced uh, group of photos that we got uh, from the club. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a really weird one, right? Because there's still so much to be figured out, Mike, in terms of how this all works, you know, and, and clearly there's some flexibility being built into the plan to say like, this is what it is this week. And we'll try and do what we're going to do next week when we get there. Um, but I, I know that, you know, we, we've talked at, at length about, you know, the players having an interesting decision to make kind of about their health, their family's health and, and how this is all going to work. And so, it's um I, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, it was kind of weird to me watching the Bundesliga last weekend and not seeing fans, not hearing fans, kind of hearing the players just kick the ball around. So I don't know how you feel about it, but it was interesting. Uh, watching the Bundesliga, the first match, particularly in that cavernous Dortmund stadium and hearing the awkward hum uh, yeah. uh, provide the ambient soundtrack, it, w- it was a little awkward. I almost considered putting it on mute, but my ears adjusted. And by the time Cohn and Mainz played a, a great game with four total goals, I was so happy to have football back. This is an important first step. Remember the last time we, we saw Cobham in the headlines? It was getting totally sanitized because there were traces of COVID-19 in that facility. So to have our Chelsea Football Club players photograph training on the training grounds for a return that there's no real set date, it was encouraging just to see a return to normalcy and to see these players that we love. I mean, who knew that Nkolo Kante's hairline was so strong? I, I just thought he would, he, he had succumbed to, to baldness long ago. It was a choice for Ngolo Kante. Ross Barkley had tattoos, had the tattoos removed, comes back, has tattoos, has a beard. I'm very confused. Keppa had, his hair had grown, uh, to lengths that we haven't really seen from Keppa, very next training session, back to normal Keppa. So it was good to see people struggling with the uh, the pandemic blues as I look around on this Zoom and see everyone is wearing a hat. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> but then to see uh, Olivier Giroud once again bathed in white light like nothing ever happened. So that was cool to see as well. So some some of us were, were made for pandemics. Uh, their name is Olivier Giroud. No, I guarantee he just like married a stylist or something. So he's like, I'm Look, never going to have to worry about it. So she's doing his hair, makeup, that's the style, everything. Oh, I mean, Nick, it helps man. if you have the millions to support that. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just this close on the salary thing. But um, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm intrigued to see the steps now. I'm intrigued to see how well thought out it is. I'm intrigued to see if the PFA has anything to say about you know, the conditions because I think 
Mike, maybe the, the last point on this is like the players associations of the United States are so strong when it comes to collective bargaining, right? The NFL can't have a season if the players association doesn't come to the table. I don't think, or at least I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case with this, but it's the kind of last hurdle I think that the league has to get over to, to ensure that everything's good. Yeah. The, uh, the unions aren't what they are in the United States. The MLS players and, and owners have a completely different conversation on their hands than what the, uh, the European sides um, do. I, anyone else have difficulty sort of reconciling, okay, these players are wearing masks when they're not playing. They're separated by six feet in the stands, but they're coming out. Of, they're coming out of separate entrances. But when they're on the pitch, it's like everything is normal. I was like, this doesn't really make. It seems sort of counterintuitive. But soccer does sort of provide. If, if you look, as we learn more and more about the disease, being indoors, being around, uh, being exposed to the disease for a period of six minutes or longer, this is really problems for for basketball. They work in tighter quarters. Football, uh, American football, works in tighter quarters. Hockey and soccer maybe maybe better served than than the other sports that I that I just mentioned. And again, I don't pretend to be an expert. We really won't know if this is at all possible without leagues like the Bundesliga and without steps. Uh, that are being taken, and, and, and not without steps that are being taken right now at Cobham. This is a start. I'm all in in figuring this out together. And if the science says we need to stop immediately, stop immediately. But I, I'm encouraged that they're trying because I don't know about you fellas, but I really hope to see an end to this season. I, I really do. I would like to know if this is something that's at all possible, and I don't pretend to be an expert on the matter. Yep. Well, look, I think I'm assuming they're just trying to limit the amount of time these players are exposed, to, you know, when they're in these situations. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, to, we have to – this is a part of a bigger conversation, which we're not going to get into, of, you know, slowly kind of seeing what we can and can't do in this environment. What can we do semi-safely? Okay, we can't do that. Definitely shutting that down. And, and you know, this is part of it. So um, that's going to wrap us up for part one. Again, Willie Caballero, Olivier Giroux, one-year extensions, uh, wild, wild hairstyles on the players returning – uh, shout out to N'Golo Kante, even though he has already left training for personal reasons. Love to see the club supporting him 100%. Um, and we'll kind of see where everything goes. Again, we're recording this on Wednesday, May 20th. A lot will probably happen between now and when you're listening to it. Uh, we will continue to update with new content as always. But that'll wrap us up. Next time, we're talking about Munich. Those memories, it was all written in the stars. Thank you, Gary Neville, for that. Uh, Mike Ryan will be back with us for part two, so make sure to check it out. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.